Hello, welcome back to the Mr. Arsenal podcast for another match reaction. This time we are reacting to the Arsenal, the Chelsea 2, Arsenal 2. Uh, it's going to be a long one, I think. Another long podcast. So the listeners, I'll be listening to this back later. Brace yourselves. That's all I've got to say on the matter. Um, as you can see, I'm joined by Spencer. He'll be, obviously, he'll be joining us on properly soon, hopefully, in the audio and all that. I think he's just got a couple of things to do. But yeah, I just wanted to come in, introduce everyone, and uh, yeah, just get into it, really. Been, um, <laughs> as I say, it's a, bit, it's a bit a long one. A couple main topics we've got to touch on Arsenal related, in terms of team related. And as always, and I'll get, as I said at the weekend, I'm getting sick of having, having this conversation. Fucking PGMOL and their fucking apologies and shut them up their arsehole like before I care, basically. But we also do Ange in the chat who got a new face. I'm not going to try and I'll try and probably butcher the name of the apologies if I do, but Shaq Shaq Sam P. Well, if I butchered the name, I do apologize. But um, yeah, as I said, Spencer, how are you doing? How's, how was your weekend? And uh, yeah, it's gonna be. I think, as I said, as I said before you came on, I think it's gonna be a long one. I think there's a lot to digest, team-wise and uh, officiating-wise. Again, weekend was pretty good. Um, I took the wife away Friday for a little getaway. Um, just me and her, and left the daughter uh, with my grand, with my parents, and then we uh, met up with a bunch of the BB Gooner group at uh, our local. Uh, get together when i when i do go i go to froggies and uh, see the bb gooner guys um hung out watched the game with them and then came home and watched football and american football the rest of the weekend but other than that it was a pretty pretty interesting weekend um i'm hoping you had a good weekend yourself yeah not too bad i mean at one point it it wasn't looking good for the first 70 odd minutes as we know but yeah. it was Considering I got friends, like my next door neighbour is a Chelsea fan, so I know if they'd, if they'd pulled that off, the yeah. second he saw me, he would have had great joy in rubbing that one in. So I'm sort of thankful. There's other people I know that are Chelsea fans. I gave I gave certain people a bit of, bit of stick before, and I think, like, come on, we're <laughs> we're going to take you on. We're going to put you in your place for once. We're going to bring you back down a peg or two. And I'm literally sitting there, and I'm dreading it, and I'm fuming because the goalkeeper's being a goal, being what he is, and the officiating was fucking awful as well. And it's just everything weren't going right. And I was like, no. And then and after all that, also after the game, obviously, what's the I watched the Rugby World Cup, moments away from getting to the final, and the referee done us over there. And I'm like, oh, for God's sake! So it's been a been a mixed one, but not too bad. But yeah, um, Tom and Emerson are in the chat as well. Big up to yourselves. Um, yeah, let's get into it, really. I mean, what was you think going into the game? Once you saw the lineups on Saturday, obviously, uh, Ray obviously in goal. Ramsdale was emitted from the squad completely, obviously, because his wife had given birth over that pe- that 24 hour period to their firstborn son. Um, and then what was it? Uh, Senchenko was playing at left back, not instead of Tomiyasu. And no Partey at all. It was on the poor Partey was on the bench, but yeah, it was a bit. Even looking at a team, you'd think we'd have enough going by our experience that we have and all that, and yeah, just we thought you'd have enough. But is I don't know. What did you think anyway? So the big name for me was Jorginho because um, I, I expected Partey to play. You know, he'd done a cameo against Man City. We had two weeks off for an international break. That was the big takeaway that I took. Um, everything else was kind of, I mean, the Raya Ramsdale thing, which I'm sure we'll get into, 
I was expecting Raya. I was expecting Zinchenko. Um, I was expecting what we had in the front three. I was actually potentially expecting a Kedia up top for some reason. I figured that might have happened, but it didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't surprised Havertz didn't start. Um, such a confidence game going back home and everything. And Jorginho, I think it was more of kind of like a ex Chelsea. So he probably knows Chelsea a little bit better. Um, even though most of the players that he was there with have moved on, there was that familiarity and he's calm. He plays, he's played in that stadium before. So maybe there was that calming presence. Um, mm. And maybe Partey's not ready to go a full 90 yet. And he held him in his back pocket and that's what he was thinking. So I was okay with the lineup. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it, it's still good enough. But what yeah. we we both believe basically is, is a good enough team to go out and do the job and get the three points basically before the kickoff. Yeah, for sure. And it didn't turn out that way. But at the same mm. time, you know, it, it was we're at a point now when we look at our lineup, we don't have a lot of doubts in my mind, you know, and it's no. it's one. a for it's me, a, there's one for me, there's only one, but we're getting fair enough. And we will absolutely discuss it. It just feels like looking at the lineup there's options on the bench too so it's, it's i i had a calming presence i thought it was going to be i thought we were going to take care of the game pretty easily i think i predicted two nil ended up not being that way but that was what i thought it was going to be so yeah i, I, I literally put it out of my life doing my watch on and i said just before kickoff i thought it'd be a t- i thought it'd be tough don't get me wrong but i thought we just i thought we'd have enough to win two nil a tough corner two nil win but yeah as you say uh didn't play out that way um just, just, I don't know. We came out a bit luckluster. Like I don't know. It's like I, I think I said this scary on, on after the game. It, it felt like watching, looking back at it, and in the moments after the game, it felt like the uh, certain players came out thinking they'd already won, sort of won the game, sort of because obviously Chelsea still aren't. They're still going for that transitional period. They're still having dodgy results this season, especially at home. Um, and it sort of backfired because obviously they just yeah. But I think only what for me the only ones that really turned up for the entire match because uh, were consistent for the entire match for me was Declan and Martinelli. Every, I mean Saka and not again it's not this ain't a dig at Saka either. I think looking at it now Saka should have not started for me. Match day squad yes, but clearly he's clearly he still hadn't recovered from whatever knock he's knock he picked up before the international break. Yeah. Um, and that's where you could have put maybe Kai Havertz up top, Zezu's down the right, or Zezu's down the right, no, not Zezu's down the middle, and Reese Nelson or Sniffo. You've got the options. It's, it felt like because it's a big game and all that, they wanted to make a point of, well, he's had the two weeks off, he'll be fine, sort of thing. It's sort of, as I say, it sort of took it, it doesn't help when you've got something like Kukurea targeting the kid and literally throwing him up in the air. Left, right, and center, and getting away, but that that doesn't yeah. help either. But his general playing t- until the, until we got back into the game at day on in the game at two one, when he took that's when he sort of come he sort of came to life and coming to his own then. But for the majority of the game, he just he didn't seem at the races, and maybe it could have benefited in hindsight. Just not just don't start him. Just put him on the bench and bring him on for the second half, maybe just as an impact. So it's easing back in. It's just, as I say, it just felt like a bit rushed and all that in the end. But um, Georgina, as I say, I was just, especially with, going back to Partey as well. Um, 
considering he hadn't had a, he hadn't played in time ninety minutes of both games for Bagana, and we yet again like we've done before sent out one of our medical team to go out with him to make sure he doesn't get overused and overplayed and overtrained and all that whilst on international duty. So clearly there's something there. Because obviously, as I say, he wasn't playing many minutes against the USA. And I think, I can't remember, I can't remember the first game was. I think the first game he played like 65 minutes and he came off. USA didn't play. Didn't, I don't think he played or he didn't play the entire match, one of the two. So I thought you'd think, obviously, with that, coming back, you'd get at least at least get at least get 45 minutes at least to 45 to 50 minutes and then just take him there but when he didn't and obviously Jorginho started and all that and you could again going back to the watch on with Gary I was saying um, at half going into half time one stop I would definitely make would take Jorginho this isn't disrespect to Jorginho but I would talk him off put party on because we needed someone like party in that midfield just to get a foot in the ball and do all the dirty work and let Declan do his thing going forward. Let's just get a foot on the bottom and start dictating the tempo. It was just, we were massively lacking that that midfield presence and they're just running through us in that first half, straight through the middle, constantly. It didn't feel cohesive, I think. And, uh, you know, taking Jorginho off, I think, was would have been the right move. Um, I mean, I... I I was just on Gunner Gathering and I was telling those guys, you know, this is later on in the match. When we got back up to 2 2, I think I would have taken Ben White off and thrown Partey on there. And then you would have Partey, Rice, Havert, Smith Rowe, a back three of uh, Tommy Asu, Saliba, and Gabrielle and go have a go for it, right? Like, mm. um, but it was a little too little too late. And Pochettino gets, I think he gets credit for after they gave up the second goal of kind of like calming it down because you could feel the momentum, right? And yeah. it, especially at the place I was at, like there was a belief that we were going to get back into it, not at two nothing, but my buddy Sean was there. I hadn't seen him since like, I say about last year, roughly he's been in Germany, but it was like, you know, I said, once we get that first one, man, the second one's coming. And once Declan mm-hmm. got that goal, like it just, it opened things up and it made people play more relaxed. So I don't know exactly what happened with the mentality. Um, I do agree with you. Saka probably shouldn't have started, but you know, he didn't play for two weeks. Um, you know, I, I, and we also have a massive game to tomorrow tomorrow. So like, mm. um, you know, I think, I think he got the, I think he got the, the sheet, right. And then I also think he got the subs, right. But I probably would have taken Giorgino off at halftime. And probably brought on Partey if, if that was at all possible. So. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it did. It did seem bizarre because obviously late on in the game, Gary's like, "We need to bring Party on." But we we started saying that I was like, "We don't know what subs now. Our subs are done. Look, we did obviously yeah. Zinchenko. Zinchenko came off at halftime for Tommy Asu. I think that was, a, that was a good call to do in terms of t- Zinchenko was on the booking. It was Sterling was over in the field day basically. We needed yeah. Tommy Asu. Tommy Asu. Even though he's not a natural left back, as a defender as a whole, he mm-hmm. slots in there and he can he can do a job. And I think he once he came in in that position, we were we didn't have that much that many that much any any more issues on the left hand side from that side of the pitch. I mean, attacking sense. Um, I think going forward, I think for the next few games now we need to I think we need to go down that route until Timbers back that later on, later on down the season. I think in certain games in the big, uh, tomorrow night, 
start with Tommy Asher at left back. I know he was in Zhenko and it's against, with all due respect, until he, until he can um, get his form back properly. Play me in the lesser games, if you will, with all due respect to the lesser teams. Um, but yeah, um, I'm trying to think now. And then you've had all that. We go then back, go back to the first half. Carl Palmer, about five minutes before the penalty is given, makes a challenge on Zayzus. And I said this in the, I said, again, I say this back, going back to the phone, back to the watch long. I said it to go at the time. I said it into the chat as well. What was the difference between that challenge and the challenge that Kovacic did two weeks ago in Odegaard? There was no difference. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah, that wasn't that was yeah in that in Chelsea's in the game on on Saturday, yeah. it was waved play on continue no card no nothing not even a VAR check. He ended up getting a yellow on the situation, but I think it. I, I watched a, a highlight of it earlier, um, and I did the hindsight thing here, Brian, where I was like, dude, I'm just gonna chill out. I'll watch highlights today. So mm. like after Saturday, I, I kind of I hopped on with you guys and just their match of the day and I'd watch some college football that night. But hmm. I was like, let me rewatch this when I'm less emotional. Cause I think I've benefited from being around other people at the bar because the perception is we dropped two points, but there are a lot of guys who were like just relieved. We got a point out of it. Right. It was just kind of, it was a very interesting perspective to be around people with different mindsets and get to be able to talk it through. Right. Kind of like hmm. we get the benefit here. Um, but I, you know, the Tommy asked you a question. I, I want to bring this up to you, and I don't know how crazy you think I am when I say this, so I'll preface this. What if we just start thinking this, and maybe Arteta needs to think. I don't think he's going to do it. But Zinchenko, we need to start thinking about him as a midfielder, straight up an yeah. eight or six. And you brought Timber in, so you got Timber, you got Ben White, you got Tommy Asu, and you got Kivior. And in, in yeah. reality is T- White uh, Timber can play the left back, White can play the right back. And then you got uh, Kivior that can play left back, center back. You see what I mean? So, like, there's – is that potentially what was There's brought cover in? there, basically, sort of thing, yeah. Right. And, unfortunately, with – because, I mean, I hate to say this. I really do like Zinchenko. I just don't – it's it's kind of like what he brings defensively. And it's such a, a demanding um, a demanding position to play left back in the, in the inversion because of the amount of field you have to cover. And then if there's a counterattack, all of a sudden Zinchenko is, is required to get back into his position. But then the center back that plays right next to the left back has to cover almost two spaces, right? You see it in possession. Mm. The two center backs are up at the halfway line. It's such a – I don't like the tactic, but I think it is something that we absolutely need to start thinking about with Tommy Asu in, uh, you know, starting at left back. I agree with you on that. Yeah, I mean, in terms of Zinchenko as well, I mean, he plays midfield for Ukraine. He had something yeah. for last over a year now. Yeah. Um, so it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a new thing for him in terms of playing in midfield just solely as a midfielder. I think as I don't know how old he is now, but he's never he's never been blessed with pace. Let's be honest. But yeah. in a in a system that Arteta set up and playing the invert this inverted left back, whatever you call it, with Zinchenko. It, it requires it requires him to have a bit of pace about him to get back and track back and defend, and he he doesn't have that pace against most 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 wingers in this league. And and I've noticed that in the last few games he's been caught out sometimes. And uh, yeah, I think he'd be more. I think we discussed this in the summer and back into last season with myself and a few others that we like going forward. Maybe just start. 
thinking about putting um, Zenchenko in that midfield and being the the granite replacement in terms of what granite gave in terms of his, the, physici- the physicality to his game that yeah. Zinchenko can also bring and make them runs and do the do the dirty work in that midfield that allows Declan or whoever to and the other alongside it in the midfield to do what, what they do best as well. Um, and as I say, Tom Yasu, again, he's not a natural left back, and Kiwar's not they're, they're not natural left back, but they can they play there, they've been, they've been playing there since God knows how long. And they but we they both get on with it. They're both they both they both every time I've seen it, apologies, um they both look solid. So I wouldn't be against I don't I'm not against Kiwa or Tommy Yasu starting, but I would start going for the moment this moment in time because I he's getting more minutes at the moment, is Tommy Yasu. Because defensively, he's he's got a bit of pace about him. He's a, he's a he's a unit. He's a tall lad, but he's got some pace, so he can track back if he gets caught out. And he's got a bit of physicality to his game as well. And I wouldn't, as I say, I wouldn't be totally against it. Kiwas, I don't know, Kiwa, I mean, he's again as a what, who came to us as centre came to us as a centre back, and he's now sort of learning a new trade. And he, again, he hasn't set a foot out in that left back position. And he looks comfortable there as well. So I think that's again. There's a something Arteta needs to see and realise. I said this about something I was going to get onto later um, regarding another position on the team. But this is these are it's all well good us saying all this, but Arteta needs to see it himself and actually start enacting it. And I think Sheffield United is up coming up on Saturday. I think I think that's a sort of game we can sort of test the waters of Zinchenko at midfield, Tomiyasu, or Kiwa at left back, and go go from there. Really, just. Try try something new. I mean, because otherwise, it's going to get to a point where Zinchenko will get next. Zinchenko will get next to no minutes in most games because he 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 hasn't got that pace. He can't track back quick enough and defend, and he gets caught out too easy, or he gets skinned by bloody Trent Alexander Arnold. And yeah, just it's not defensively. He hasn't he he, he can't do it for whatever reason. He just can't do it consistently. But from a midfield to an offence, he's got something about him so he can still offer us. So again, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be totally against it. Uh, BX says I believe Kiwan needs more game time as a, as well. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And then we've got Sheffield Wednesday, Wednesday, Sheffield United, sorry, coming up, and teams like that come in in and around off between now and Christmas. So them sort of teams, that's when you sort of give them the minutes. Or West Ham next week in the uh, Carabao Cups, put him in put him in left back there. Get his minutes up there, build him up, and then non. Hopefully, hopefully, assuming it all goes well tomorrow and fortnight's time between Sevilla home and away, we can experiment against non's at the home game and things like that. But that's obviously we cross that bridge when we come to it. But um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not against. I wouldn't be against it at all. But this is something that I've got to realise and fucking act quick because otherwise we'll be we'll become too predictable and we'll, it'll cost us more points than and I don't want that so I do want to I do want us to win this title um, been waiting fucking 20 years nearly uh, so, Tom's not so yeah go on so I want to pivot back to what you said here on the left back position let's, and let's not forget we have not had Timber healthy at the same time as Inchenko has been healthy no. we so we we minutes really, last year. yeah we don't really know where the utilization is going to be so yeah. there's a lot of unknown with Arteta's long-term plan, and it could be Zinchenko in midfield. I think, you mm. know, like you said, that that Granite Jacker role, like he could play midfield. And if you ask – I think if you ask Zinchenko to play in a vertical vertical line, I think mm. he can do the job. 
But when you're asking them to cover more field and, and have and the, playing a winger, like the pace that wingers have in this league, I mean, you're right. It, he'll end up getting skinned a lot, like you said. But um, I just wanted to throw that out there. Is we don't really know what the, the whole lineup's going to look like, you know, what Arteta's best starting 11 is. And Sinchenko might not even be in it. And that's, that's a sad thing. Got, you've got a point there because obviously, yeah, in the, in the preseason, when we actually brought Tim Brim, Tim was playing pretty much, pretty much every game. Sinchenko, Apparently he was carrying an injury, you know, even though he played a charity game for like 15 minutes because as the season was starting. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he started to stay, as I say, that's day one. He, he did start, obviously he went off the injury, but he did start. And he's, it does seem like Timber was a big part of this season's plans, but then fucking ACLs, I'm getting sick of saying the bloody word, but yeah. Hopefully, but again, hopefully that's not going to be too long. Hope, as I say, hopefully like January, February time we might see a return with Timber. That's the rumours going about at the moment, but we'll, we'll play it by ear because obviously ACLs are bastard to recover from. Yep. Um, but yeah, as I say, we don't know. We actually don't know if Zinchenko was going to be getting these, getting these minutes in the first place if it weren't for that injury. That's not, we just don't know. But it's yeah. a good thing to not know too because... Hmm. If- it's almost like a fresh signing, right? When Timber comes back, it's going to feel almost like this rejuvenation. Um, we'll see. It, you know, hopefully he can come back in a time and not re-injure himself. That's the big thing, you know. Like, mm. you know, what? Yeah, like you said, we want to win this title, and and I think we're going to need him to win it. Yeah, and uh, Tom's asking uh, Vine, how do you? How strong do you have the lineup against Seville? Well, thanks to such a goalkeeper, we have to go super strong tomorrow because we can't afford to lose. Yes. And Seville got a new manager as well, so we don't know if it'll be a new manager bounce because they drew at the weekend 1-1 against Real Madrid. But thanks to a certain goalkeeper giving away and letting a team back into a game in the last match day, we have to win, really. We can't afford to lose, so we have to go full strength. But we'll get into that in a bit um, in terms of the actual lineup tomorrow night. But, uh, yeah, so... As a, yeah, we're talking about obviously that, that, and then obviously the Cole Palmer thing, the difference between that and Kovacic and all that. And it, it just refers back to the thing of what I say is that the, the officiating is so poor in this country. Yeah. They pick it, they put these, they make a big deal about putting these rules in place every day, updating the rules or bringing new rules in every summer. They they literally abide by them for like two match days, two weeks, and then they just pick and choose who they abide, they, they, they put the law to basically. It just feels like like the consistency is so important. It doesn't help when Hal Reb did his uh, thing with Marco Anning in the international break and went, well, the referee, Michael Oliver, didn't want to interrupt the pl- uh, disrupt the play and be to overreact with the uh, Kovacic um, yeah. situation like five minutes after he got his booking and he sort of gone sort of gone off the pitch. Didn't want to overreact, didn't want to influence the game. I'm like, but the, if the Rules are rules. If a player's done something stupid, where it's a, a similar offence or worse, he has to, rules are the rules. He has to go. There's no if, buts, or maybe just because it's a big game or whatever, he, the player has to go. And then there's a say, and then with our falls this Saturday, same challenge on Jesus, and it looks like it actually looked a lot worse actually. The, the Palmer challenge. Yeah, and it's. It goes initially goes unpunished, and you're thinking, what, the, what on earth is what on earth? If, if someone actually got to break their ankle for one of these challenges, so something for something to seriously happen, and it just does my bloody loafing. And then, then five minutes later, 
when, um, in a, five minutes after he shouldn't be on the pitch, Chelsea get a penalty. And people will say, you know, in the by the little the law that the the F that the PGM have written up on all that is a handball. But I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there on Saturday, and I'm talking to Gary, and I'm saying, how do, what how do they want defenders to defend now? Like jump in the air? Do they want to stand that stand up, stand arms to their side, and just jump in the air and hope for the best? But natural a natural movement is the arms go up to help levitate a player. Just that bit that giving that bit of an extra edge, and the fact that the matter is the cross comes in and Mudrick heads it, and uh, Sleeper's arms already up in the air. It's not like he's moved his arm as the ball's been headed. His arms already up there. He can't move it away. There's not that much distance-wise between the ball being headed and his arm. What do they want him to do? And, and adding to the equation, the weather conditions as well. It's just common. Sometimes common sense needs to come come into these sort of things. I mean, and again, I'm saying common sense, but the officials in this country just don't don't seem to want to apply it. Well, they do when they when it suits them. But is it, it does does it, it's doing my head in? And I know you said obviously last time out about the uh, they want in, the entertainment and all that, but there's there's entertainment. It's just borderline pissing everyone off. All these people that are literally going to these games and all people at home paying subscription fees and all that to watch these games, and we're not getting <laughs> we're not getting value for money because. It's affecting us. I mean, we've got there's a rumor there's a rumor going about that we've Arsenal got another apology letter from Howard Webb or Human RFC. and I'm just like, what what's the point of these letters now? They they are literally pointless. Last last when, when Howard Webb came in, it, it seemed to be a new thing at once in a blue moon as well. It didn't seem to be. It's the same this season. It seems to be like three or four every week for multiple clubs, and it's just it's bored, and then nothing. But but. They make these apologies and say we we learn from these mistakes, but they're not learning because they're, they're making the same mistake over and over again, or worse mistakes as we saw a few weeks ago between Liverpool and Tottenham. And it's just like uh, what what what's got what has got to give for the officiating to actually improve and get better because I can't see it getting any better. I mean, the, the fact that they sacked they sacked John Moss last March for forgetting to do his job. And that's only that's because of the media pressure put on putting them in the first place. To then bring him back and say, "Now you, we, I know you, you you forgot to do your job last time. We have to let you go, but we're going we're to bring you back. And now you're going to train all our officials to be the best of the best. How how does that work? And then what's what's your thoughts on the penalty as well? The actual penalty itself. Do you think it was a penalty? Do you think it was harsh? I think it's absolutely harsh. I mean, if you I mean, but like I said earlier on Gunnar Gathering, like either call everything that touches a hand, a hand, you know, in the box a penalty, or you know, I'm gonna you know reference Terry from Football Terrace. He showed a bunch of examples where penalties that they haven't given, where it's directly hit the the hand, you know, against Bournemouth that we had, and you know, if it's such a bang bang play because the cross comes in and hits Mudrick head hand. They're both trying to head the ball in theory, and it just comes down and hits uh, Saliba in the hand. I thought it was ridiculous. Um, but again, you know, and I said this to my buddy Sean at the, at the bar. I, was like, Dude, I, I said, if we got a penalty given to us by a team that it happened to, I'd feel kind of weird about it because it just feels odd. You know, what's the defender supposed to do if his arms are down? I mean, we could talk about the unnaturalness of it. There's a little bit of that there. But – if your arms are down by your side and you jump for a ball, it's kind of like taking a dive. You're going to fall flat on your face, right? 
So the arms have to be up to maintain the body balance. So I didn't think it was a penalty. But as far as the PGML coming out with apology letters, it's all about transparency at this point and trying to make appearances of uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, appearances of uh, uh, we're doing something. Just yeah. don't do anything. Don't say anything. That's what I would do it. Because at this point, they look worse when they say things than as opposed to when they do anything. Mm. The optics are, are just looking – I mean, it's human error. Like, penalties are going to be missed. Fouls are going to be missed. But, I mean, it. like I said to you last week, it's sports entertainment, man. And I mean, Zayzus found that one out the hard way on Saturday as well, late on in the game. Literally. Oh, dear. But then, obviously, the penalty is given. Cole Palmer steps up. Pate makes it 1-0. And then there's still no reaction from the team. Bit concerned, as I say, I suggested certain subs and all that. And then second half starts, a sub's made. It was, as I said, we mentioned Tommy Asi for Zinchenko. Apart from that, there's nothing else. And then like, two minutes later, bang, 2-0. Ray is caught out off his line. Mudrick off, off in the crowd, giving it the big one. Of all players, of all players to do that as well. It had to be him. And, you're, and we're, all, we're probably all sitting there thinking, we've got, we're actually going to lose to this Chelsea team. This this is a Chelsea, full due respect, this is a Chelsea team that's going through a transition under a new ownership and new manager and new, literally a whole squad of players, left, right and centre. And we're letting them walk through us like nothing, basically. I mean, the goal itself, I mean, I mentioned, I'll get, I'll get on to it in a sec, but in the build-up, I mean, where was Ben, where was Ben White in that? Because, where where Modric was, that's he was that he, the right back wasn't there. I'm watching the replay. I'm fucking Ben White standing centrally and and watching and Sleverton having to track the run. I thought Ben White was the one that turned the ball over to Gallagher. Hmm. Or who was it? I think it was Ben White, but he needs to stand. But he needs to stand in the replay. In the, in the oh. that's the play goes on. He's to stand centrally, uh, just like the opposite of the left hand side of Saliba. And am I holding my position or am I going to go out and block this cross? Yeah. And it turned out to be a shot, but still. <laughs> I mean, and then, yeah. and then, sorry, then just Ray, I mean, I don't know, again, anticipating a cross or not, why is he so far off his line in that? And no, again, he knows he's not a tall goalkeeper, so why is he so far off his line? I So I watched it again and. It's. I don't know how if he was super far off his line. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, I've been chipped like that before playing, right? And I'm five foot ten, so I'm probably right as height, probably. So you're gonna get you're gonna get up chipped, right? Mm. Um. So when you're and this and maybe this is where I'm wrong on this opinion, Brian, and mm. possibly. What needed to happen is, uh, you know, he needs to his positioning needs to be in accordance with your height, right? Yeah, knowing exactly where you need to be. If you're six foot six, like Emmy Martinez can stand out further than David Raya, right? Um, yeah. So that's where that um, and and that's where that comes from. But could he have done better on it? I think so. 
But that's a that's probably the worst cross I've ever seen in my life because it ended up in the back of the net. And you can look mm. at you can look at um at at uh, Mudrick, and he doesn't even look to where he's shooting. He just crosses it. It's a missy cross. It's a missy cross. Let's not get it twisted. But for yeah. me, I give him credit for it. Congratulations. I mean, good for you. But my God, don't come out taking credit for that, dude. Like, it be <laughs> I would respect it more if Mudrick's like, man, I meant to be a cross, but I'll take it. At least have some humor with it. People will respect you for it instead of coming out there and bold place. I mean, look, we know you didn't mean to do that. We can we can physically see you didn't mean it. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, like, just own it, brother. Yeah, and to, just going back to Ray. I mean, people know my opinions on Ray in general, and this whole situation has been caused. And yeah, um, this isn't the first time he's been caught out or made a mistake. And even and even afterwards, he made a few mistakes that could have led to goals, but he, he just about recovered in their moments. This, as I say, this ain't the first time. I've sat, I've sat here on Saturday and I'm thinking, how many games is it? We've played how many? He's played this amount of games. He's only looked, he's only looked comfortable against Everton, PSV, and partially Bournemouth when they didn't put the first one in, in, in their game. We won, was it 3 0 in that one? But then, you look at look at the Everton game, the first one, no pressure whatsoever. So, again, he's going to, of course, he's going to get a clean sheet and look comfortable for crosses because he won't get nothing put on him, basically, by the opposition. PSV, pretty similar. They came out of a plan. It backfired because the whole team came up and did a job and he had nothing to do. So, again, going to look okay. But the second he has a bit of pressure put onto him, it seems. He has a wobble. It started, it started against Tottenham. Um, Mans, and he, you know, obviously, we, we drew that game 2 2 in the end. And Man City gets, as I say, he gets away just by pure luck more than anything that nothing's backfired us against Man City. Um, Lons away again. We're 1 0 up, close in the game, in control. He makes an error, puts Lons back into the game, and they go on to win. Because they then the fans get picked up, the players are then feeding off that, and they believe they can come on and get something from this game. And then it's just got it's just got performance wise, it's just gone downhill ever since for him in terms of he's constantly, as I say, the Man City game, and then yesterday he's just constantly making constant errors for even passing out from the back. I mean, Saturday, how he got away with it two 0 to not make it three 0 If he'd done that, I think that would have been there'd be no coming back. There's no way. Mikhail could have defended it publicly because he's that wouldn't be that wouldn't have been the first time. It would have and I've got to a point now where and remember by the way, Vambo was back in training today as well with with the teammates and he's made a point of being in the camera and saying, Look, I'm here, don't worry guys, I'm here. It's been caught the he's actually been caught on video but saying that. The fact that he's been brought back literally like forty eight hours or so after his wife's given birth to his son. If I'm me, I'll be shitting myself. But personally, I don't want to. I've said it since Saturday. I don't want to see Ray playing now until further notice. I think that, especially around the circumstances of how Ramsdale was dropped when he had done nothing wrong in terms of his form and his performances, he had done nothing wrong to justify being dropped. And now that Ray's form and his performances justifying being dropped, he has to be dropped until further notice. Ramsdale now deserves a chance to go. Look, you had your chance. I'm going to have my chance now. Now you got to wait for me to step up. Personally, and I, and I personally will start Ramsdale tomorrow and going on, and going forward until further notice. 
Now, because I say, Ray's had, his, Ray's had his chance in the majority of his games. He's what? He's looking vulnerable. And the more we, the more we, we persist with this, or Arteta does anyway, persist with this uh, Raya in goal, and the more he looks vulnerable and makes more errors. Because teams are, teams are known now. He He's the weak link at the moment. And they'll, they will pinpoint that. They will, they will play a different game just to pinpoint, putting pressure on him and try and get goals from, from him alone. What's it got to do for, if he isn't dropped now, what's it got to take for Arteta to actually do his job and be a man of his word, as as they say? Because he's the one that says it's performance-based at why they're playing and all that. Yeah, I was just, I was just seeing a comment in the chat, so yeah. Yeah, sorry. No, it's all good. Um, it is what it is. But yeah, just... As I say, what's got? What, would you would you continue with Raya going forward, or do you get do you now give Ramsdale the opportunity? So I want to give Russ Morgan a, a props on this thing because this isn't an original thought I'm saying here. Mm. Um, he said it in the chat on Saturday. Why did Brentford? Why was Brentford so willing to get rid of Raya? I mean, he brings up a yeah. valid point. We can talk yeah. about the FFP issues and all that stuff that potentially Brentford had, but at the end of the day. That's one position you don't get rid of guys at. Goalkeeper is so critical. Look what happened to Lester. Um, Schmeichel left, and they got relegated. You know, yeah. I mean, that's so critical of a position to get rid of a guy. I would switch back to Ramsdale. And my argument is with this is I don't I don't think they're both bad keep. I don't think Ray is a bad keeper. I just don't think there's that big distance where you're like, oh crap, we got to play this guy. There's it doesn't feel no brainer to me, right? And in defense of Raya, he doesn't have that same experience with the, the back line and, and the midfielders that Ramsdale has. But at the same time, I've watched him play, and there were some good moments. He's had good moments, don't get me wrong, but I kind of want Rammer back, man. I'm mm-hmm. not going to lie to you. Um, and I would hate to see us lose Ramsdale. Mm. You know, over this, and and I, I'm not anti David Ray at all. I, I just, it's like Sam said in the comments. Mm. There's not much difference, and there's no like starking difference. If you're, if we mm. talk about competition at positions, I should have seen Rams still play a couple of these games recently. You know, yeah. and it's, I'm just surprised. I haven't really watched a lot of the toxic Arsenal because it's not really something I like to do anymore. Um, I don't mm. like that humor of that, but I'm curious what the mindset is because I saw a lot of people for a long time cussing Ramsdale saying he was comfortable and that, you know, he needed competition. Well, we've got competition now. Do we have competition at all? I mean, Ramsdale can't even play it. He can't even compete for a position. No. So um, it, doesn't, it doesn't help, though, when the goalkeeping coach at Arsenal is the, his best friends with David Vea. There's a conflict of interest there, surely. Yes, to an extent, I, I think there is some there, but it definitely it'll it'll what it does will more of a conflict. So I'm thinking a conflict of interest, kind of like in my current position or what I do for work, but it's a little yeah. bit different. It's still, conflict of interest, more of like his. It's like it's like going and having your your best friend work for you, and then having this other coworker work for you, and then they do it in the military. All right, I'll, I'll give you the military example. If your best best buddies with your chief or your boss, you're going to get better evals than the person that that's not friends, right? So there's that favoritism and there's that, that 
attributed to like, hey, well, we're buddies and I don't want to let my buddy down. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope it's not like that. <clears throat> not in a position where there's money. Not not in this position. We hope there's not favoritism in where we're, where we're at right now, right? Like the best player needs to play. But um, and let's not forget, Arsenal wanted David Rea like three years ago. Remember? Before then they got promoted, there was that push that Arsenal was linked with David Rea. So I think Arteta has wanted Rea since day one and had to settle with these other um, uh, options in theory, right? <clears throat> and, mm. you know, I think he's got the guy he wants. And I, I, as much as I tell you I want Ramsdale back in goal, I just don't know if we're going to see it. And that brings me back to my fears of comparison-wise. In the early years of the Emirates era, we had Amunio as our goalkeeper as number one, and Wenger, for the, even though Amunio was our number two, and the name and he'd had enough of Lehman, basically Amunio became our number one, and then it was clear the drop off in quality anyway, but it's, it wasn't good enough to be the long term number one. Um, um, Arsene kept with him for years and years and years, and it cost us multiple trophies and league titles along the way, and I fear that. Out of stubbornness, he's going to persist with this. He's going to persist with this Raya thing, no matter what, just because. And it will cost, it could cost us. I think it will cost us. If he persists with this and doesn't give Ramsdale the chance, the opportunity. I mean, the, the, the squad number says, oh, he's, num- he's he should be playing. He's, he's number one. He has the number one jersey for a reason. The guy, this is the thing as well. I mean, I was, I was watching the Aussie Gunner as Aussie Gunner earlier on, and he pulled up. He, he made a perfect uh, analogy. Actually, is it David Ray is twenty eight. These are meant to be the prime years of a of a goalkeeper's career. You're, you're entering your prime now, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's making the same errors and mistakes he was doing three, four years ago at Brentford, but now he's doing at a bigger club like Arsenal. Um. Granted, a few games in, but still, it's, it's concerning. Uh, some uh, Ramsdale has made in what two prior to Ray arriving in the two years he was Arsenal's number. He's been Arsenal's number one. He's made less mistakes in them two years than Ray has done in, in his six his six games in all comps that he's played, and that in itself should be concerning. That should be a fucking warning sign to Mikel to go. Uh, maybe my goalkeeping coach that doesn't know. David as well as he thinks he does and doesn't doesn't actually fit our system because it's just it it, it the, the whole team and I mean, I've heard, I've heard rumors today from people in a, in a WhatsApp group chat that have friends within the club and they're saying players are absolutely disgusted with how this has been dealt with from the get go they don't agree with how Ramsdale's been dealt with in this whole situation and why he's been dropped because he like I say he had, like I said already he. In terms of him being dropped, he'd done nothing to merit being dropped. Nothing, nothing, nothing along the lines of what David's doing currently. So if he persists with this, it goes back to what I was saying about the um, it's just like it, it gives me scary vibes, and I don't like that. I thought we were past all this. And if a goalkeeping coach is so persistent with a goal with a goalie that we finally get him, and a few games in, it's not working. He's clearly not up to the standard we need. There's, there's there's levels to this. Let's be honest. There's levels as well. Arsenal is a big club, big club. compared to with all due respect to Brentford and Blackburn, who we play for. Arsenal is a fucking huge club, and maybe Brentford and Blackburn's his level. With all due respect, 
maybe maybe the step up is spooking him a bit, and he can't he can't handle the pressure. Whereas when Ramsdale arrived from Sheffield United, it didn't phase him. He he stepped up. He's improved, you know, since he's arrived with us. He has improved. He has saved us so many times as well. Yes, he's. Let's not get this twisted. Ramsdale has made mistakes. Yod mistake once in the blue moon. It's been with him. But it doesn't. It's not a consistent week in week out, game in game out thing. It's once, as I say, once in a blue moon, and yet he'll feel now. The longer this goes on, if if Arteta does defy everyone and stick to his own guns, or say his guns, he's he's a coach. Goldie coaches uh, guns and persists with uh, David. Ramsdale's gonna be thinking, well, "Hang on, what what if it, what has he actually got to do for me to get a chance? Then has he got to cost us the title? Has he got to cost us any silverware this year for me to have a chance?" And like you said about Russ in the chat on um, Saturday in one of the streams about about Brentford weren't exactly breaking their net to keep him. They literally, because I really said that in the chat, I was like, actually got a point because looking back in the summer, Brentford broke then, they, they didn't mess about in the summer. They had already got their replacement in before it well up the start of the, start of the summer from uh, Freiburg. They got him in and they, they they were set they're bedding him in straight from the off before pre-season. And they, they bent over backwards to get him out the door, be it at Tottenham, by Munich or Arsenal. And in in our case it's Arsenal in the end. To the point where they're happy to extend his contract just to get him out of the door on loan for a few mil for, for potentially selling him either to us next either to us next summer or to someone else. Because now they've covered themselves for the next two years. And uh when that, when the club's not, when the club is not breaking the neck to keep a goalkeeper like David Raya to be their number one, that should be that should be ringing alarm bells. And when Russ mentioned that, it's a good that was a good point, and that made me think back to the whole whole process of the summer with Brentford. Mm-hmm. And as I say, that's Brentford. With all due respect to them, Arsenal's a massive step up. He hasn't stepped. I don't think he can cope with it. I think he has a ceiling in terms of what capacity was, where like level wise he can play at, and where Arsenal was too big for him, I think. And people can keep coming at me, keep coming at me on social media with fucking these stats of oh well, look at this, look at that, oh long passes, David Ray is better long passing than they'll set in the other. He's played more games, but still, um, passes completed, this that and the other, da 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 da. But he's fucking costing us goals. He's he's cost us a. It's basically him being off his line as well on. Saturday, him doing playing that from the back against Man City and slowly he doesn't even do it. He's not even fast. When he's got pressure on him, he doesn't even speed up and he's and trying to get the ball out anyway. He's just he's too calm. He's too casual. And it's at least with Ramsdale, if a bit of pressure coming on, he's up. He's boom. He's up. Pass it out to someone else or boots it up the pitch. So I think personally, I think I I I personally think Ramsdale's the better goalkeeper of the two in general. And he and he can actually save the ball. I've seen in the time that Rams Ray sorry Ray has been our number one. He's made one save that I can say it's a decent save. All the others are sort of you expect him to save. It's not hard, basic sort of thing. And that and that's what in all competitions, what seven eight games he's played in all comps. 
he's, I can only say one, there's only one decent save I can say that's brilliant. And that was against Tottenham before he fucked up. Um, but I'm really am concerned. I put, as I say, like yourself, I want Ramsdale back ASAP. I've had enough. I, these are the standards that have been risen now. I've, I've again, also also living through the Ammonium era as well. I don't want to go back through that fucking phase of a goal manager having blind faith in someone that cost us title after title, cup after cup, year in, year out. When we've got a young goalkeeper, still youngest goalkeeper, say 20, what's he, 25, 26, young, hungry, and potentially England's future number one. And he does a he does a job, and we're so much better. So, uh, we're so much better with him in goal because the defense, the, the connection he has with Saliba, Gabriel, and the rest of the, his defense and his teammates is so much better because they they know they can rely on him. Nine times out, of, nine times out, of, nine times out of ten, he ain't gonna fuck up. He's not gonna put them under pressure, or throw them under the bus, and put pressure on them to not make mistakes. Whereas Rivera. I know it's again. I keep going back to it. I know it's a short-term thing so far in terms of the amount of games he's played, but he's just he's making too many errors, putting too much pressure on the team straight from the up. And what, as I say, X amount of games, and the longer it goes on, the, the less faith and the relationship will break down even more between the, the outfield players and they And again, that will cost us, and I don't want that happening. I thought we were past all this BS. Uh, obviously, tomorrow not tomorrow not be the first indicator. Basically, I think, and then obviously Saturday as well. If if Raya starts both them games, then there's nothing. There's nothing he, he can do. He could literally murder someone in front of Arteta, basically, and get it'll be it'll be playing the next game. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see what <clears throat> what happens with this. It's going to be a storyline that I think, depending on results, and I'm talking end results of the season, will dictate. I mean, because like you said, you said he, if there's fractured relationships within the dressing room over this, mm. that becomes the the red flag of all red flags because a coach can lose a locker room. It mm. can happen. It happens in American sports all the time. Um, quarterback plays bad, pitching, make the make the bad pick a sport, make a bad decision, uh, fracture relationship, take a. Um, take a player that's liked in the locker room and cut them. And that turns into like a nightmare there as well. You know, the Raya Ramsdale thing. I mean, you know, I, I just go back to some of the channels I've watched last year and they just blame Ramsdale for everything that went wrong with Arsenal. And yeah. I, you know, for me, you know, I've got Ramsdale on a shirt, right? I like Ramsdale. Yeah. Goalkeeper is a position I like. He's the only goalkeeper I, I bought a name First on the back, right? Yeah. Um, I like Ramsdale. Um, I like David Rea too, but I'm with you on this one. And I really am interested to see what the team sheets look like because I would wager to think we might see Ramsdale again, not tomorrow, but Saturday against Sheffield United. There is a potential I think we see him again. If not, I mean, this is going to be. I mean, because again, where we're benefiting from, you know, and, and and I even saw people blame Ramsdale for the Fulham goal, the first Fulham goal. Remember, you know, mm. the one that uh, 
when Saka kicked it back to him and yeah, it also that our defended Ramsdale to hell on that because it wasn't on him. Yeah, I mean, and I, I'm using that as a as a as an example yeah. where I almost kind of want to give Raya a pass on the the second one at um at Chelsea based on you know the Ben White turnover. Could he have done better? Yeah, I, I absolutely 100% agree, but. Like I said, and you've said this, there's just not this mountain of difference. Um, it's kind of like the meme with when Jim Halpert from The Office, and he's mm-hmm. got two pictures. He's or it's Pam. He says, "In corporate, once you think these two pictures are the same, but they're actually are, are different, but they're actually the same." And that's what I see with Ramsdale and Raya, with the benefit more to Ramsdale. We can talk about Raya's a little better playing out the back, um, but again, like. I mean, what do you want to go? If you go to Anfield right now, Saliba healthy, Gabrielle healthy, Timber healthy, and uh, yeah, let's just say Tammy Asso at left back. You going to take Raya in goal or you want Ramsdale in goal? I know who I want. Mm. Ramsdale, Ramsdale very on. As I say, yeah. I'm I'm all for it. So I just as a, again as a fan, I'm not even a fucking teammate. As a fan, Raya puts me on edge. Again, I was at, I was at the Man City game a couple of weeks back. Um, and I was and I was behind, I was in North Bank behind the goal when the, in the first half where we were defending it and everyone behind that goal was on edge for the entire forty five minutes because he's as I say he's he's too passive, he's slow and casual with the ball, or he almost got another to the Alvis situation. He, he tried to blame Gabriel, but it wasn't on him. He needs to take more response. He doesn't take responsibility either for his mess ups either. Um, and okay, the, the, the more it goes on, the more mistakes he makes every game. It's, it puts me on edge, and I don't have faith in him. At least with Ramsdale, as I say, once in a boom and yet. But, once, but you wouldn't, the thing with Ramsdale, the mistakes happened, you, didn't, you wouldn't expect them to happen. You always see Ramsdale on the teams that you think you're comfortable, you're good, you're good. You, you believe it, you'll do a job, and you'll be, you'll be fine. There's a there's a belief there from our fan, or most of our fan base anyway, the ones that have a brain. Um, He's made some world class yeah. for Arsenal as well. Ramsdale has, you know, I can go. The one I can mm. think of off the top of my head is the Leicester save uh, a couple of years ago on the free kick from I think James Madison. Yeah, it was James Madison free kick, dead ball situation. I mean, yeah, beautiful save. Um, yeah, I mean, look at Ramsdale. If without Ramsdale, we we lose that game at Anfield last year too. I mean, there's yeah, look, two amazing saves in the last in the dying seconds. And I'm not going to dog Raya too much on this one, but that Man City game, what saved us in the Man City game was Declan Rice being out there and Jorginho. Yeah. Those two guys held the storm when it, things got really squirrely there. And, yeah, the, uh, him as well. Absolutely, him as well. And I, so I think you know that's. You know, just people were really hard on Ramsdale, and I, I am, I am fascinated to see how the story ends, Ryan. I really am because I think it's gonna be one of those ones where if things go the way, if they don't go the way they should, people are. I wonder how hard people are gonna be on Arteta for making this decision. Mm-hmm. But managers have to live and die by these decisions. He's got to make the decision, yeah. live by it, and he's got to be willing to to pivot back if it doesn't work mm. you know that's where that that type a personality people those those alpha males as i like to call them or 
they don't really like to admit when they're wrong. It's just in a sport is full of them. Right. So mm. they'll just make a change and not tell why they made the change. Just made a change. <laughs> and cause they don't want to admit, Hey, I got it wrong. And that's okay. That's, that's all in, but behind closed doors, I mean, the coaching staff knows. So we'll, yeah. we'll see. Like I said, we'll see tomorrow. I expect Raya to be on the team sheet tomorrow. I also expect us to bring our strongest starting 11 tomorrow. We have to. Yeah. No question about it. Sheffield United can be the rotation game if you want, but that must be the strongest 11 tomorrow. So. And what you, you expect Ramsdale from Saturday onwards, do you? Like, as oh, the I, dominant one. I. I'm going to, so I expect Ramsdale to come back in the team. That's what expect, I don't think it's going to happen, man. But it, it but it is, yeah. you brought this up. He was made sure he was seen on a social media team. How much, how much, what's, let me say this. How much influence does Arteta have on what information they see? Because if you said he say, I'm here, don't worry. Do you think our, if Arteta had no intention of playing Ramsdale again, do you think he would allow that message to be put out? On social media platforms, I mean, unless they unless he has no impact on anything that goes out from the club, but they trust. Mm. I mean, Arteta is trusted by the Cronkies. I mean, they love him, right? Yeah, they, that's this is the guy they wanted after Wenger left in the first place. Yeah, right. So I I think it'd be interesting to see that maybe there is a potential for Ramsdale to come in, but why would you allow that message to be put out there, right? Uh, that's just uh, and I, that's the yeah. stuff I'm thinking about. Um, but you know, props to Ramsdale for it being a, a, a professional. And, and you know, remember, yeah. remember the media guy that slagged him off for clapping. Yeah, that was just so irritating. What their teammates, what do you expect him to do? Sit there and pout and play a Mesut Ozil? No, he's gonna, he's a, he's a professional. Get the umbrella out. Yeah, <laughs> come on. And that, no, and that, canary, and that canary yellow kit. <laughs> yeah, oh, bloody hell. What was it? Oh, oh man, bloody hell. I remember that. Right? Yeah. That was, the, um, that was the day that Gunduzi decided to put his hands on someone's throat. <laughs> yeah. Gone. Oh, days. Yeah. Back, back in the days when we had like bloody Ainsley mate, and Niles and Eddie up top and all that, because Lacazette and Abamyang yeah. were getting rotated because it's a back end that was coming back yeah. from the the first lot here in the UK, the first lot that and all that. Hey, don't forget Neil Mogwai oh walked us off in the 96th minute too. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. This is a depressing <laughs> day. Sorry to bring depressing it up. Bad. Pepe had a beautiful goal in that game too, by the way. Beautiful left oh, look, at, look how he's been treated by, by the right. club since. There's a there was a player there who's just I tell you, I didn't like him, but it looks it just no, yeah. not my sort, not my not my playing or whatever. Yeah. I put me down a bit. Um, uh, I did. I brought it down. I'm so sorry. Got a laugh. If I find a minute. Um, Sam saying in the chat as well. It would be typical after struggling versus Chelsea for the majority of the game. Uh, we go to Sevilla. Make Payela out of them tomorrow. Obviously, it would be typical. It would be so typical. But you know what? As long as we win, I take it. I don't care. Yeah. I'm sh- I'm shameless on that side of things. We win. We win. Get in. Get out. Uh, Russ Morgan says, Good evening. Good evening. Speaking of the devil, we spoke back with you mentioned yeah. a few times tonight, Russ. So, in a good in a good way, don't worry. Yeah, I gave you credit for your for your comment <laughs> earlier about Brentford potentially getting rid of Raya earlier. So, I always give credit where I hear ideas, and I gave you credit, Russ. But, uh, 
So yeah, so obviously we'll get off the topic. We'll get off this topic now because obviously we're gonna, as I say, we'll find out in the next twenty four hours and on, on Saturday as well the whole where Arteta's land lies basically on this whole situation uh, going forward. Um, but going back into the game, obviously two 0 down, and then Rice and obviously Sanchez, their goalkeeper makes a mistake, passes it straight to Declan, and Declan doesn't even take a touch first time hit, curls it, and it obviously. It goes in two one. Do you think from now on? Do you think from that moment we're gonna we're gonna up the end? We're gonna go on and get something out of this game then? Do you yeah, I absolutely did because to me that was the big fu moment. That was like we're gonna come back, and it was Declan making a statement and getting everybody uh, everybody motivated. And then I think that's when the subs came on, right? Havertz and I want to say Smith Rowe came on. Am I wrong with that? Smithrow uh, came on earlier, but Havertz, came, Havertz and Trotter came together. Yeah, I'm trying to think now. It, yeah, it was obviously Tommy Asu first, and then Smithrow yep. and who was, who Eddie. Eddie, that was it, Eddie. Yep. And then obviously, yeah, Kai and Trossard came on just as the goal went in for 2 1. How, look, how good has Kai Havertz looked in relief mode the last two hmm. Premier League games we've seen him play? Very well, I think. Um, yeah, I think I think he's because he's been put in a position. He's been played in a position now that's more suited to him. In terms of this 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 yeah. Arsenal under Arteta system, I think he's better suited playing up top. And he's starting to thrive off that, and we're seeing a bit more from him. Where playing Kai in the midfield pivot initially with Don, alongside Declan, it was it was, it was, it was taken it was taken away from him, his game. But also, it was it was taken away from us and our in, in the general teams play as well. But I think play, putting them up top, the whole team thrives and he thrives, and it's just a whole better cohesion cohesion as a whole. And I think that's the, I think that's the way forward with Kai with, with within the Arteta or Arsenal system in general. Yeah, but yeah, I'm not, I'm I'm happy for him. I wanted I'm not one of these that had that start of the season. Because it came from Chelsea, yeah, I had concerns, but I wanted to see what the plan was before saying anything or whatever. Whereas others straight from the off, no, I've got an agenda. I'm not going to back down. He could, he could win us the Champions League or the league title. Da, 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 da. I'll never, I'll always slag him off. I'm like, no, I'm not all for that. I'm for fair game and all that. He needed time to set it in. Coming from, I said, with Chelsea is different because Chelsea played a different way to Arsenal. No matter what position you play him at Chelsea, he's always going to struggle because they don't play to his strengths. Where coming to a club like Arsenal, he's always going to play to us. He's always going to, but always going to play to his strengths more than it was at Chelsea. It's just taking a bit of time to set it in, and I think that penalty, pen, giving him that penalty, giving him that penalty against Bournemouth a few weeks ago, has slowly given him that confidence, and he's starting to gradually get game by game better performances, even if it is coming on as an impact sub. Like we saw against City and like we saw against Chelsea, and I'm as I say, I'm happy for him and good. And hopefully, it, hopefully it continues. I think we might see him start tomorrow night personally because it's, it, again, I think European games as well. And his, his experience, yeah, it fits his style more to play in the Europe in Europe. I think, and and that's the thing too with Havertz. Um, and let's go back to and I mean it's kind of a dead topic, but all our fans that were like abusing him online and just like. You represent Arsenal, and you know, do do players are players? Do players have thick skin? Yeah, 
I mean, did Jacka deserve some of the hate he got? Yeah, I mean, it depends on what line you you cross, right? You start bringing kids and family in it, you're you shouldn't be representing our club. But I mean, you can say someone's paying bad, but he hadn't even kicked the ball for us. And the, you know, the one phrase that I hate the most that I heard a lot recently, and this is over the last three years, oh, we're just more Chelsea rejects, and it's just like, yeah, you know, we have brought in some Chelsea duds, but. I mean, that's if if he had came, and it was a price tag with Havertz too, right? Yeah. And I think that's the biggest biggest gripe. But he's going to play a critical role for us, and whether it's at the striker playing at the eight, hell, doing like he did on Saturday with Rice. I mean, I just he just looks more confident. I think in the last three games, I've seen just more of a because. And again, I'm a Havertz defender. So unfairly, mm-hmm. I watch him a little bit more than I do other players just because, you know, I want to see him succeed just out of a pure Arsenal fan and A, to be right. <laughs> There's that mm-hmm. aspect too. But, I mean, he's he's critical. It's good to see Smith Rowe get minutes um, to pivot to him. Um, the rumors I heard about people saying, oh, he's going to get sold in January, I don't think Smith Rowe ends up getting sold at all. I think no. he's still – I think he's got – I think he's got now. If someone brings you a stupid offer like 60, 70 million, do you think about it? Sure. But I mean, he's a guy that let's go back two years ago, had what seven or eight goals and, and came out on the scene. They gave him the number mm-hmm. 10 shirt and then he got injured, right? You, you, surgery, yes, have surgery because yeah. it was kind and of an injury. Yeah. And he injured it again. So we lost his position. Um, so this is a guy who. I love seeing him out there on Saturday, and it just it excites me. I'm a big Smith Rowe fan, and mm. to see him play well, to see Havertz play well, you know, even we've got Vieira, we've got options. Remember, look at Vieira; he showed up last year, and some of these guys, you know, oh, he's too small, he can't do this, can't do that, and then all of a sudden now they're crying for him. So I, I, we're just an impatient fan base in general. We expect results mm. immediately, and and I think I heard James B say this earlier. Um, and he brought up a really good point because some people were talking about how upset they were about this draw with uh, Chelsea. And he said, I got news for you. Nobody's ever won 35 games in the Premier League. He said, we're mm. going to have other disappointing – we're going to have other disappointing weekends. If you can take a, a 2-2 draw at Chelsea, especially given the position you were in, you take it all day of the week. Yeah. You know, so I, I – I, I know some people probably look at it, and it's easy to look at the, the beginning of the game, Ryan, and be like, man, we should take three points easy. And I said it. You know, both teams on the paper played their best game. Arsenal should easily win, but we didn't play our best game. We were 70-some minutes of lost, confused, trying to play for that perfect shot when the reality is just take a shot. You know, yeah. Robertson Sanchez showed you pretty much like, hey, he can't handle the ball. He looked like a nana out there. Mm. Um, so, you know, We've got a, this is a long season, man, and uh, we're going to need all 25 of these players that are on the Premier, Premier League roster to get us through the season. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be fun, man. I'm, you know, thank God we ain't got a Wobi anymore. That's all I'm saying. After, after all I've just seen it, <laughs> yeah. Literally, um, I know I'm, a, I'm behind you, and there's footage because I'm watching it myself on my other monitor screen. Yeah, his first touch was woeful. There, just, he's just come on as well. <laughs> Oh my god! I forgot he's at Fulham now. Yeah, there he is. Yeah, they brought him in the last on de- deadline day from Everton. Yeah, Come back to London nowadays. Yeah, forty um, million dollars we stole from Everton on that one, man. Oh, bargain! What a bargain! Oh man, for an academy player as well, forty million pet profit. 
<laughs> but yeah, going back to Smith Rose, I'm so happy. I'm happy he's getting more minutes now. After his, after the, the first international break, he started getting more minutes. And he's just getting people need. I know it's, it's even for us, it's frustrating to to see he wasn't getting the minutes in this in the first few games of the season. But I think it's more of a managing him because of the surgery he had last year and not wanting to aggravate anything or risk it coming back on it or any sort of reluctance coming back. Um, but Arteta seems to want to ease him in and build him back up slowly but surely. And he's getting, as I say, he's getting more minutes as, as time goes on. But I would like to see him start soon, maybe maybe on, maybe on Saturday against Sheffield United. I mean, again, Sheffield United at home, perfect game for someone like him to get get a start in and see how he goes from that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, the more you, I mean, straight from the off, as soon as he came on against Bournemouth um, a few weeks back, that you could see the sparks were there. Like the bit more match fitness, the chances he had in that game, he would have finished basically. So it's, like it's, it's coming, it's coming back slowly but surely, but it's just going to take a bit of time. And going back to the, the movement, the rumours about him moving in January or potentially moving, he's a fighter. I mean, the, the lad, literally, after the season he had last year in terms of the surgery and getting next to nine minutes in the end, back end of last season and all that, he went off to he went off at the under-21s at England, international level, played pretty much every other day in that tournament, was one of the standout players as well. I think England's top goal scorer for that as well. And after all that, winning it and all that, instead of, what we, instead of going for a two-week holiday, what well, he was entitled to, and Arteta said he could take, he told him. He told him not. He, no. He told. He told Mikel. No, it's fine. I'm. I'll go off now. Obviously, obviously, it's on. Um, this will be not a weekend. He said. Obviously, you're gonna go off on. You're gonna go off tomorrow. I'll beat you up. I'll meet up with you. Me and I'll travel with part Thomas Partey. And we'll meet up with you on Thursday. And, got, and I want to fight. And I'll show you my fight. And I will fight for you. And show you that I'm. I'm not gonna rest on my laurels. I want to fight and get my place back in this team. So he's a. At the end of the day, he's a fighter. And now we want you want that in your team. You want players that fight, and not just resting on their laurels, no matter what reputations or whatever. And as I say, I don't think he'll go anyway. Personally, I don't think there's no reason for him to go. As I say, he's a fight. He's getting. He's starting to get more minutes, and I think he'll, he'll get a lot more. He'll get a lot more minutes before between now and January. Hopefully, he'll hit, start hitting his form again and go from. We'll go from there, obviously. Um, but then, as I say, to, going back to the game. <laughs> An hour and ten minutes now. We haven't really covered it, finished in covering his game. But um, obviously, two one. We we both we both agree that from now on in, we thought that Chelsea would fold and we'd come back and we'd get something from this game, be it a win or a draw. And that Chelsea did. They just the second that went in, the Declan goal went in. They just folded like a pack of cards and then Tross about a few minutes later, Saka then suddenly Saka because they had Kukurele and all their players are dropped. Saka then starts playing his game. Gets mm-hmm. the ball, cuts inside, crosses the ball in, Trosser, there, far post, bang, 2 2. And that's what we've, plus, in it, we consider injury time, what, 10 minutes? 10, 10 or more, 10 more minutes left of the game. So it still left us enough time to win the game, basically. And we could have done, we've already actually had his shooting boots on on, the, on that day, just wide of the post. But it, it shows, the, if, if anything, it did show that we do, we don't give up, this team doesn't give up now. At two 0 they do plug away. The opportunity comes, they'll take it, and they'll fight back to the bitter end. Thank God, Richardson is shit. Yeah, I've just seen what he's just done. <laughs> so, here's what I'll say with this too: like, great teams find a way mm. to get something out of 
nothing days, right? Yeah. And that's for the big takeaway here. Yeah, I mean, it's it's easy to sit here and say, because I'm sure we'll pivot to this in a little bit. Well, Odegaard had a bad game. Why does Odegaard not show up, right? Hmm. But the reality is, like, your goal is going to come for different people on different days. Yeah. And you, you got to take what the te- other team gives you. And this is one of these games where, you know, I'm drawing a blank here on this, but but the the subs worked. And it mm. just braves this new life into the team. And it broke this stalemate that I thought they were – that we were looking stagnant, right? And Yeah. And it's 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 such part of I mean you could because I think yeah Chelsea later were full of back duck deck of cards. I was one hundred percent convinced once that second goal got in. I was like, this is this is gonna happen. Um but you know, the thing with Saka, what a ball that was, what a cross, what mm-hmm. a play by Trossard. And think about this too, because I think I was talking to someone about Trossard. Yeah, you know, it, it was it was my buddy Sean. Oh, you think Trossard should start some games? And I said, Man, I think his best play is when he's a sub. Super he, sub, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, and I'm not saying he should start, but my God, like, sometimes he comes out there and it's just like this, you know, 60th minute, you bring him on, you get 30 minutes out of him, and he just, it's, he, just think about the what you got. You got Martinelli attacking you on the left, and you bring Trostert on right after you. There's no break for that for that poor back or the center back over there. Hmm. Um, oh, Madison just scored. Oh, for God's sake. Uh, I know. Hold on, we had one job today, for God's sake. <sighs> <laughs> oh dear! Come on, Palace of Friday. Come on, Palace. <laughs> That's we just take care of our business, right? That's what it yeah, comes we just down do to. our thing. We got Sheffield United anyway on Saturday. We were fine. We we're still we should win this weekend. You know, we should take care of that game. But that's you know, sh- oh, I might be offside here. Oh, he's off. Never mind. That's going to be offside. Oh, he's offside, is he? Yeah, it's, right, I'm, it's, it's, I'm not even looking now. <laughs> yeah. The sun was offside in the build-up of it. I think, but the but the Fulham player was out of well, they might not be offside because the Fulham player was out of bounds. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. On set. This this what listening to this back won't have a clue what's going. Oh no, I say he's off. But the the, uh, if, the, if, the if the far player's out of bounds, if he's actually out of bounds, he's mm-hmm. not in play. That'd he's be out of play then. Surely, yeah. It's just so they've got Gary, lines and make sure he's out of bounds. Though. That's the problem. I think they're going to count it. Yeah, count it. It's unfortunate. Oh, well, it's just for them being for them anyway. They couldn't, they couldn't do it against fucking yeah. <coughs> Chelsea every week. What was I hoping for tonight? Let's be honest. So this is what I was going to bring up. I brought up in the Gunna Gathering chat earlier. Um, so, yeah. this, this is what so, I would have done. So I know we were out of subs at the time, so this is why this is pointless at this time. So I sound even dumb bringing it up. But I've almost <laughs> would have thought about bringing Partey on for Ben White and then running a back three with Partey mm. and Rice in the middle and go, having to go for it. But we were out of subs at that time, so I sound dumb even bringing it up. No, but it would have made sense thinking about it logically. Let's go for the jug- yeah. that two-two. Go for the juggernaut. That really, really put it on him. You would have solidified that midfield because the reality is, if you worry about the speed on the wings, if you don't, if you remember, Chelsea took both their wingers off and kind of went more conservative towards the end of the game. But you'll take two-two. 
I, I, I think I said this to you. Take if you can draw on your road games in top six minus the one team, yeah, um, and win at home against the top six and take care of business from four, from seventh place on. That's ninety nine points right there. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, it's a long season, and I know some people are worried about this team that's in the north that's in first place right now, but. We were we were in first place for ninety two percent of the season last year, so so yeah, that's true. Sorry. Plus a plus a plus a playing crap teams. They've all the majority yeah. of the games they play, they're, they're playing the, the crap teams. Well, I mean, remember the year when United finished the second? I think it was like two years ago. They were horrible oh, against the top but six, yeah. but took care of everybody from seventh place on. And yeah. you you can be you can do that. That's eighty four points right there if you beat everybody from seventh place on. So. You know, um, and Ange is a good coach too. So I, I think mm. this is more of Ange than it is actually. This is a good team. He's actually a really good manager. Oh, defense. I mean, defensively, there's still frailties. It's been spotted for I spotted it on the day one against Brentford and then against Stars. Yeah. Defensively, there's still frailties there. I mean, the first half against United, going off topic, by the for the listeners, do apologize, but going off topic here. But right. even against United, um, when they, they went doing on to win 2 0 or whatever it was. That first half, United had chances, but he just didn't take them. Yep. So that defensively, there's still there's frailties there. They're just playing shit teams that don't have to expose them, basically. But because they're, because they're beating the teams they should be beating now, it's like oh they're amazing. No, no they're not. I mean, I, I know I think they've got Paris on Friday and then they've got uh, Chelsea the following the following Monday, but Monday like nine days later. Oh, that's going to be an interesting one. That that, that derby, the Potch derby now. <laughs> oh, ideally, we we need the blue side to win that one. Stop them! Stop this! Stop believing they can go and beat them. In the meantime, just win our win our games. In the meantime, but anyway, uh, so looking forward to tomorrow night now. Sevilla away. Yep. What time is kick off for that again, Brian? I, I believe I'm gonna double check because it is away. I double check. I believe it's eight o'clock, but I'm gonna double check now just to make sure because it is. We are away from home, so it might be earlier. So double checking. Because the Europa League does the the, uh, the the early stuff and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Eight p.m. kickoff. It's yeah. We're eight o'clock kickoff. Just getting the fixtures up now for the rest of the, for the whole night. One second, the sky bastards. So you've got Galatasaray and Bayern Munich and Inter Milan versus Red Bull Salzburg at 5.45 UK time. Then every other game playing tomorrow night is 8 o'clock. That's about Union Berlin, Napoli, Benfica versus Sociedad, Lons versus PSV, Man United versus Copenhagen, us versus Sevilla, and Sporting Braga versus Real Madrid. Um... Yeah, going back obviously tomorrow night's game. How how strong do you want? How strong would you go? Who would you who would you actually start? Oh, so for me, and again, it's not going to happen. But I'm I'm going to go with Raya because I know that's what he's going to do. Um, I'm going Raya White, Saliba, Ga- Gabriel, Tamiasu, Odegaard, mm. Rice, and Partey, and then I would. Probably, I'm gonna go Saka, Jesus, and Martinelli. And my subs that would come on would be Havertz, Smith Rowe, 
um, potentially Jorginho, and then I would still, depending on where the game's at, see what happens with Zinchenko. But that would be the lineup I would go with. I mean, I'm a Habert supporter, but I just think right now his role is a, is a sub as well, just like Trossard. Yeah. You know, have them come on. I mean, you could probably start Trossard over Martinelli, and that might be what happens. Mm. Um, but I want the strongest 11. I mean, this is something I think I said last week to Lee of uh, Gunnar Gathering, like, and we, we, cause we talked about rotating and the reality is like, we're, this is the big, this is the big, the big thing we've been chasing for years. You don't rotate in the champions league. You rotate against Sheffield United. Yeah. You rotate against uh, Burnley. You find if you're going to be a champions league team, you should be able to rotate and beat Sheffield United, beat Burnley, beat the bottom half of the table. Right. Yeah. And find a way to manage your big games against Chelsea and Man City. So I want the strongest 11 possible. Go send a message. Go get your three points. I've seen a lot of people pick draws in this game. I think we find a way to win. Well, thanks to Vaya. Last time out, we can't afford a draw. Personally. I'm, not, I'm not super confident, right? Because um, our European form hasn't been the greatest under Arteta. But, mm. um, I mean, where's Sevilla in there? Because that doesn't even matter too, right? Because Lens was mm. 15th in the French League and still beat us. So, well, they just sat their manager. They sat the manager just off, just before the international break. Hired a new guy. I don't know who it is. And they drew. They drew one-one. And their new manager bounced on Sunday at home to us of uh, Real Madrid. Sorry. Which one-one is a good. I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know if that means anything, but yeah. But their thing is because obviously this is the last season of the current format of the Champions League, where it's group stages and the third team goes into the Europa League and all that malarkey. So and they 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 have they love their thing of winning the Europa League, going cha- playing Champions League group stage, come back down and winning it again and doing all that BS. But it's going to be host- I think obviously it's going to be. I've said it from the get go. This draw, this this game particularly away from home is going to be a hostile atmosphere. We've got the players need to turn up and do a job. This is what for the game. Any gap, any ball was kicked for us in this competition. And I think that I stand by that. And that's just, I think like you know, we need to go, we need to go full strength. Personally, I, I I expect Vaya to be starting, but I do I'd rather have Ramsdale in goal. I don't know backline back, back uh, Ben White, Gabriel Saliba, uh, Tommy Asu, and then midfield Rice and Partey because Partey's now had he's had plenty of time off. He can now he can start tomorrow. Rice and Partey, Odegaard just in front. That Partey do all the dirty work. Rice push forward and link up with a uh, Martin, and then. The forward line of I would go for would be Martinelli, Bakayo, and Zayzus up top. And as I say, bring Havertz on later on in the game to go up top. Mm-hmm. But as, as I say, I like for like swap sort of thing, maybe depending on how the game's going. But yeah, I think he's more of an in, as it's staying him and Trossard are more as it's at this moment in time impact subs. And I think that's best suited at the moment going by how we're playing and how. How it's all playing at the moment, but that's that's what I would do personally. But I know obviously they we we deep down I know they're gonna fucking start. I'm gonna piss me off probably at some point during the game, and I might pull my hair about what's left of it. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think now. Um, what's your score prediction then? With all with your lineup or not? Do you do you see us losing or getting something out of this? 
Because like you say, the, our European record with Arteta is not the best. I haven't had a chance to do the research on this, so I'm, I'm, when I say this, I'm, I, I don't think we do bad. We haven't had a, a stretch of mm. draws back-to-back outside of last year when we had mm. the that stretch where things kind of fell apart. I think we're going to win this one 2-1. I'm not uber confident, but I'm also a blind-hearted Arsenal fan, so I mm. I don't pick us to win every game. Like, if we go to Anfield, like, I don't expect that win, right? But for some reason, <clears throat> I think we're going to find a way to win tomorrow. Um, I, I do want to – I, I do want to ask you about BX said he wouldn't start Saka. I've seen it, yeah. Uh, and I, I, I wonder if the reasoning is based on Ramos kicking him constantly because you know that's going to happen. Oh, it's really going to happen. But I think, as you say, we need to go full strength. And I think it was Saturday yeah. with Sheffield United. I think, of course, we got Sheffield United on Saturday. Yeah. That would be, I, I, I understand the Ramos situation, the fear there. But um, you could. Go, but Ryan, I would, you could I would rotate and invest him on Saturday. Martin, Ryan, you could do Martinelli and Kedia Jesus and then bring Saka on. You could do that. Could do, yeah. It's a spin. But, but no, I, then we know what Arteta is about yeah. as well. Yeah, I think 2 1 is, is the logical scoreline. Um, I mean, we did play him in the Emirates Cup a couple of years ago, right? And beat him 6 nothing. But last, that was two years ago. just got last time we beat him 6 0. My cousins uh, live in Pennsylvania. They He took his son. They were over there doing travel. They played travel ball in Pennsylvania. They uh, they went over to the UK and played a few UK teams, and that was the game they went to. Hmm. So, yeah, he had a good time there. Um, I mean, it's going to be interesting, man. It, this is the Champions League. This is the big games we wanted. Yes. So, um, Sorry about it. Um, <laughs> give me one second. Sorry. Oh, no worries, no worries. Someone wants to go out and do some business. So it's... <laughs> I'm back. Sorry about that. No worries, no worries. Um, but yeah, these are the games we wanted. So I expect Arsenal to find a way to win tomorrow. Um, but again, the Champions League, you cannot make mistakes. So again, I go back to the Raya thing that you've discussed and um, I'm gonna support Raya because he's an Arsenal player. Um, but I know, and I know we've discussed about this, and and I, and I don't think you, I don't think you you dislike Raya Ryan. I just think you kind of looking at from a, a objective perspective and an analytical mm. like Ramsdale's still the better option between the two, right? Yeah, and you know, it's just really hard to see what's happened to Ramsdale, and I feel for him. I really do. I know it's a grown man world, and they're making money left and right. These these footballers are, but. It just feels like you were kind of sacked from a job without really truly doing anything wrong. And how do you – and this is the sports psychology portion of this, right, where you go out there and you're like, you have to keep mentally playing. But go back to that Carabao Cup, man, um, against Brentford. Ramsdale looked really good in that game, right? Mm. And uh, he looked hungry. He looked motivated. Hopefully Arteta sees it. Like I said, I don't think we're going to see him tomorrow, but hopefully we can see him back in the lineup at Sheffield United and get himself a clean sheet. Um but you never know. We could get shocked tomorrow. We could see Ramsdale on the team sheet. We really could. Oh, celebrate. <laughs> well, be, I mean, it sounds insane to say out loud, Ryan, but it is a high oh, probability. Yeah. I go back to that social media video. Why would you allow him out to say that, right? Because that almost sounds like a miscontent. Like, hey, I'm back. Don't worry. Right? I've got, I've got your back, guys, sort of thing. Yeah. 
I mean, it's, oh, yeah. I mean, Edu probably has to talk to Arteta about it too. I'd imagine as a sporting director, right? I know, mm. uh, you know, he probably doesn't get involved in the team sheet selection, but there probably is discussion because I think I heard somewhere that this option to buy also has certain wickets where it becomes an obligation to buy. Oh God. But I, but I don't know if it's true. I mean, that's what I, I heard. I have no idea. Wouldn't put would surprise me though. But yeah, <laughs> this is the thing as well. Going back to that, because I've got mentioned it earlier. But obviously, Johnny International about both goalkeepers. They didn't use it respectively for whatever media outlets. And obviously, they are in Spain, Ramsdale in the UK, and it was brought. Obviously, the Ramsdale the Ramsdale interview was brought up to Arteta on Friday, and basically, his response was. He needs to up his game, basically. I'm like, well, what can he do? How can he? How can he prove himself in a in-game game? You're not giving him the game to prove himself and fight. Yeah, but it was okay for Raya to come out and be all. And for me, it came across with Raya. I'm all right, Jack. I'm I'm good. I'm number one. What are you going to do, sort of thing? It it, it was cocksure of himself and arrogant and the arrogance and for someone that's making too many errors. If he was, if he was, well, if he. He wasn't making the errors and he was doing doing these interviews, like fair enough, whatever. But when you're being you're, when you're incident you're being incident prone and making constant mistakes currently, keep your mouth shut, sort of thing for me. But it's a, but my thing is you're having a you're taking a dig basically at Ramsdale for doing his his interview, but you're okay with someone behaving in a way you don't like just because you just because it's like I said, and I referred to this over the weekend. Is like people go on about Arteta being ruthless, right? It's seemingly getting more and more obvious that he's pick he picks and chooses who he's ruthless with, and that's and that in itself, it's not going to help the whole squad cohesiveness that he's built going forward. Especially when I'm hearing, to, as I said, I said, to, I said to you earlier, especially when I hear then that via. A friend of a friend that I know, he's a friend that he knows that work within the club. That players are like first team players aren't are not impressed with Raya. They're not happy with how this whole situation has been handled by Arteta and how Ramsdale has been basically outed the way he has been. And the longer this goes on, and the more these incidences happen with Raya, no matter who we play. It's going to cause that divide even more, and everything that Arteta has built over the last few years will just suddenly just fall apart. And then, is he willing to die on that sword, though? That's the and big. Yeah. That's going forward. That'll be the big question. And you know, that's the thing too. Um, I really thought what was going to happen here was Arteta would pick one goalkeeper, and then get criticized for not picking the other goalkeeper. And then pick the other, and it would keep this like yin yang, mm. right? I had no idea it was going to be like, well, because he said it was going to be a competition, and I guess yeah. for him, com- competing is within uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Within practice, right? They always say like practice hard, and you could be yeah. you'd be rewarded for your 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 talents or your effort. It's it's just it's going to be interesting. I mean, it could be. I, I saw. I want to bring this up, you know, to kind of. The last time we played Sevilla in a game that mattered was in the Champions League in 2007 uh, in the group stages. Arsenal 3, Sevilla 1. You had Fabregas scored, Van Persie, and Da Silva. 
and then mm. Sevilla won three to one. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. But they got sorry. They got sorry. Yeah. yeah. Canute. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that was the last time we had a meaningful game with them outside of, you know, Europa, but the, uh, yeah. And um, Cup and all that. Did we have a Europa League game with them? I don't think so. No. No, it's just it's just been like Emirates Cup every yeah. every other summer sort of thing. We've had club friendlies with them. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's quite interesting game tomorrow. Uh, I'm kind of I'm a little bit excited for it. Um, I mean, just enjoy these moments. This is the thing too, like, and this is something I want to pivot to, Ryan, if you don't mind. Like, enjoy these games, man, and and, and enjoy the wins because <clears throat> you know, like, we, we will we remember being in eighth place, right? So we're not like I said, we're we haven't won the league yet or anything like that, but we're not in eighth place right now trying to figure out. We don't have Socrates and, and, um, Masafi. yeah, like we've got Saliba and Gabriel yeah, players that, I mean, Saliba's 100% world-class, just like Liam said last week or two weeks ago, last time we got together and just enjoy it, man. Enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I know, I know we want the trophy, but enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. Yeah, I think that's the perfect way to end it. But I'll, I'll give my score predictions before we wrap things up. I'll give my score predictions tomorrow. I'm going to go for... He's in Spain, isn't it? So, yeah, I think I'll go with you 2-1. If it was at home, I'd say 2-0, but I think 2-1. Just because they're... It's that they're going to probably will score new, with the uh, Ramos effect and the new manager. I don't know who it is, but you, and the atmosphere. Again, I've, I've witnessed Sevilla... Over the years, not just obviously referring back to the group stage when we last played them all them years ago, but the trying to think now, the years when they've played other English clubs over the last few years, since we've been out of it, that place is not a nice place to go to, and um, players need to step up tomorrow. They can't, they can't afford to have a even a five minute spell of what they did on Saturday against this team in terms of because of the atmosphere and how Walkers is going to be. But I do think we'll just, if we do, t- as long as we turn up, we'll have enough to get ourselves over the line and get the three points. As long as uh, certain people don't um, name me no names, make any mistakes that lead to goals so, or put the team under pressure or anything like that, then we should be okay. But we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Hopefully not tomorrow. Um, how much of a must win is this game in your mind, Ryan? I think the fact, yeah, for me, because yeah. we because we lost to Lons. If we had a, if we even if we drawn to Lons and had a four points out of six, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be as bad. But the fact that we did lose and now mm-hmm. it's now like Sevilla back to back, we have to win both games for me to put it to keep qualif- qualification in in our hands and not in putting not relying on other results basically in the last two games. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Because I mean, even if you draw this game that puts you at uh four points in the group with a possible nine points left right and that's with a a road trip to psv involved a home game against Lons and uh sevilla so you would you would be lucky to get 13 points right i mean if you don't then that's maximum of 12. and then the problem also if you don't win tomorrow ryan is you, you put yourself potentially if you do qualify to that second uh tier where you start playing group winners and yeah, that, the, the, the uh the real madrid's or the bars yeah. the, P, the psg's the barcelona's of this world 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm confident our side is going to have the guys up and motivated. If they're not motivated for tomorrow, then you know it, it's kind of like what more do you need to be motivated? It's Champions League game. Most of these guys, I mean, think about it like this too. It's kind of like the international break games, right, where they get the caps for the country. These mm. guys know that you know, say they're not going to play for Arsenal forever, they can put on their CV that they played in a Champions League game, and they can use it as a negotiating chip to get their next contract. Mm. So you got to show up. You got to play hard. Um, yeah, I mean, not to not to sound like a manager pep talk here, but man, play for the badge. Do what you got to do. Be proud. Um, I'm sure the away support will be pretty good. Is uh, mm. is uh, is Liam going to the game, or do you know anybody that's going down there for it? Oh no, he's he's he'll be here in the country for that game. So it, it, the plan was for him to be on tomorrow for the watch long, but he's currently waiting for blood results in the hospital at the moment. He's not feeling too well, so. It's 50 50 if it'd be on tomorrow, but that was a plan because obviously it's, it's a way. But he will be at the home game in a fortnight's time. Gotcha. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, I think uh, gun, yellow guns and ribbons there are there. Uh, Ferguson, yeah, uh, Ferguson, all that. Yeah, yeah, they're they there. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's gonna be, I gotta be in the office tomorrow, so hopefully, I can make it home in time to. To watch it i'm sure i will be able to watch it it's just whether i'll be watching it you know at home or oh, on the way home or on the way home from work <laughs> yeah i mean my, my my office isn't too far from my house so it's not too far like i could get home in time of course when i get home i gotta let the dogs out and all that all the yeah. wicked, you know before i before the wife says hey why have you done anything <laughs> you know so um but yeah i'm looking forward to tomorrow um but yeah we shall see man hopefully hopefully points to the Arsenal. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed. I mean, I think, I think the signs in the chat for us to wrap up because it's down. We mentioned twice that Chinese takeaways been mentioned. So I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're you're the second you're the second podcast I've done today. I've got one more tonight with Mr. Tom and Tony yeah. on Gary's channel. Yeah, so, on Gary's channel. That's like, uh, for anyone that's interested, that's at half past twelve midnight UK yeah. time. Everyone, uh, as I say, on Gary's channel, so go and do check that out. And uh, yeah, again, thanks for coming on, Spence, Spencer. Appreciate it, especially as last minute as it was, and all that. I do appreciate the uh, uh, coming on and obviously, yeah, keep me keep the conversation going and all that, and good back and forth. Um, I, I love any chance we can to talk about the Arsenal, man. Anytime, man. Like I said, it's uh, I'm I, I told Lee earlier on the Gunner Gathering that I appreciate uh. Uh, you guys allowing this yank to come on and discuss a little bit of football with you guys. And it's, it's a blast, man. I, I enjoy doing it. Like I never, it doesn't feel like a chore. It's just fun. Yeah. exactly. But, and that's the, that's the main thing. That's why we all, do, most of us do it anyway. Just getting into all the politics, but yeah. <laughs> but remember when I reached out to you about, I say about four or five months ago, like I was trying mm. to find someone to really kind of do not just content, but just to talk Arsenal in a more constructive mm. manner, be critical when, when it's needed and not just toxic to be toxic. And, yeah, I've been around the toxic and kind of avoided the toxic at this point. And I think I've got a good crew of people I do stuff with. And I appreciate you for, you know, having me on and everything. It was a pleasure meeting Liam last, uh, uh, last time. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, man, it's, it's been fun. So. Yeah. It's been, a, it's been a pleasure having you on the last couple of, as I say, you know, the, the, uh, the collaboration will continue. Do you yeah. want to plug your channel by the way? Have you got anything come up on your channel? Yeah, so uh, my channel is Bronco and VA nine nine eight six. Um, 
I do Arsenal content, uh, college football. So I do American sports as well. I talk college football, um, NFL. I haven't done anything a lot recently because I'm kind of busy with work and I'm helping other people out with their channels. Um, so, and, and I put, I post random videos too. If, like me and the wife went away to the, the winery on Friday and I posted pictures of the winery. So just stuff to kind of just, it's, it's a jack of all trades channel, just having fun. Arsenal 9986 is the Twitter account. Um, and if you ever want to talk soccer or excuse me, football or American football, just hit me up and I'll absolutely have a conversation with you at any time. So. Yep. Okay, cool. Um, and apart from that, guys, as I say, I'll be, I will be back tomorrow. The audio for this will be out in about half hour's time once it downloads and all that jazz and gets up on Spotify and all the other audio platforms. So do keep an eye out for that. If you, want, if you missed anything, if you want to listen to it back on the go, we're going to move about and all that. That's the perfect way to do it nowadays on Spotify or Apple Podcast or Google Podcast or any other podcast platform you do have. It'll be up there, basically. So do keep an eye out for that. And then that's, that's the next half hour, that'll be up and running. Um Apart from that, as I say, I will be back tomorrow, uh, 7.30, because it's 8 o'clock kickoff, so 7.30 UK time for the uh, build-up for the Arsenal, v- Sevilla versus Arsenal, sorry, because we are away from home. Sevilla versus Arsenal, Champions League, match day three, uh, watch along. Hopefully, as I say, hopefully, Liam is re- recovered from whatever he's got currently, he's currently feeling at the moment, he's fully recovered, and he comes on, even for a cameo or whatever, just if he is available, we can come on. If not, we'll find we'll find other people. It's fine, there's no problem there. But we'll be doing that. And then on Wednesday, nothing planned. But then on Thursday, you've got Andrew's show where it's gonna be and her panel, hopefully maybe a special guest. I might even if I'm around, if she wants me on, I'll come on for that as well. Where we're gonna be talking it's gonna be main the main focus on on her shows on the Thursday are the women's team and mainly the women's team. And touching on the academy side of things as well, keeping up, keeping everyone updated on all things with the academy as well. Um, especially with the international, obviously going into into another international break with women this time round. Um, gonna be, I have a lot, have a lot to talk about. I've just literally whilst being I've sent the uh, the itinerary for just discuss. There's sorry, the discussion points on Thursday, and it's, there's a lot to talk about by the looks of it, so it's going to be a good show. Hopefully, guys, you guys will come out and check that out and spread the word on that. And then Friday, I think, and then Saturday is Sheffield United, Arsenal versus Sheffield United, watch along, then match of the day, and then Sunday, probably, probably as I said on said yesterday, probably do the podcast re- match reaction on the Sunday, because there's no women's football uh, this weekend in terms of club-wise. Um, so yeah, if that's the best advisable, we'll be doing that on a Sunday instead of uh, on a Monday just because we've got the got the time frame to do it in. So yeah, another busy week ahead. But again, thanks to obviously as I say, Spencer and everyone in the chat, even the people from uh, Ash, I think it's Ashley and Holly from uh, and a few others that come over, but watch it from your your channel as well, and all the usual suspects over on my channel that come in and try to cause anarchy at some point. Um, Holly, if you like, so that's the missus. Uh, okay, cool, cool. I thought I'd recognize the surname, so I do want to assume just in case. Um, but yeah, apart from, as I say, apart from that, big massive thanks to both everyone everyone that's popped in and contributing to the chat and all that. If you haven't already, do subscribe to both our channels as we're both coming live on. Do subscribe, do smash the like button, and spread the word. Aside from that, guys, I'll see you tomorrow, uh, 7.30, as I said, as always, though. Enjoy the rest of your morning, afternoon, or evening wherever you are in the world, and as always, up the Arsenal. Come on, you gunners. <laughs>